Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to another episode of Real Time Crime. I'm one of your hosts, Leah Lamar, and I've got with me Teddy Mellencamp. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Teddy. Teddy, I think the real crime is how are you so naturally beautiful? I think the real crime is, is that you have a background now that shows you as like a real detective and I still have my original background. I want to just let you know that I'm sweating through my coat and I thought it would be fun, but it's it's not fun. It doesn't feel fun. It feels very hot and not in the sexy fun way. But it's making your face look very glowy. That's it's giving right, you a it good back. it's giving you a good glow, <laughs> a natural glow. Dimitri, did we hear you laugh? Uh, you did. Did we, did I'm, we say I, you could? I yeah, tried to Are you allowed it. to speak on this podcast? That's Listen, one of our producers, Dimitri. Hello, Dimitri. Hello. Here's the thing. I said I would speak very minimally, but. I'm not allowed to mute. And if you guys are going to sit there like saying stuff like that, I'm going to laugh. I'll muffle it as much as I can. But this is going to happen. I'm sorry. We were talking about the beautiful glow I have on my face from my trench coat. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was funny that you got this trench coat to look, you know, inspectory and now you're super uncomfortable. And, and I don't know. I got a kick out of that. Yeah, this isn't quite the right fit for me. You know, I thought crime, but make it fashion. But Zara doesn't know how to do crime. Well, but we do, which is why we need to get to business, guys. And I I have to start by saying thank you to one of our listeners who sent me a DM about the Gabby Petito case, which, of course, there's been some updates, but also not any more information on find, finding Brian. But something we didn't think about. Remember the last text that she was sending about Stan? 
where I've, where I was saying maybe Brian was sending the stand text. Somebody named Justine sent me a DM and said, maybe it wasn't about someone named Stan. Maybe Stan meant text, uh, send in, uh, send the authorities now. <gasps> I just got the chills down my spine. Is that a known entity? I don't know. I just got, I was just going through my DMs when I was, because you guys were a couple of minutes late, just saying. And I wasn't late. Wait a minute. One, one Wait minute. A one... No, no, no. I clocked in at 1129. So I, I wasn't I, well, let in I, on time. We didn't <laughs> click in until 1131. So whoever. Maybe wow. it was Dimitri. But Dimitri, sure. you want Teddy to think I'm late? <laughs> Listen, guys, this that was totally my fault. Uh, you know, I couldn't, I don't Thank know. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for taking the blame on this, Dimitri. But you Teddy, okay, so is Stan actually, is this something that is common practice? Because I, I, I don't know. It seems that's, I, I like this theory. I mean, I don't like it, but it's an interesting theory. However, if she was really in help, don't you think she would just be more direct about it? I mean, if she was- But maybe she, maybe she was scared he would look at her phone. I mean, didn't he end mm. up with her phone? That's interesting. That's that's such a that's such a detailed thing. Like unless somebody knew this is a code and knew what's like, there's no way someone's going to see that and be like, oh, S-T-A-N. Oh, that's probably send the authorities now. Like unless they had a code set up to know about. I think that's I appreciate the input from from Justine, but that seems a little far fetched for me. It's it's very creative and insightful and possibly true. However, it is also odd that her grandfather's name is Stan. Very true. But I did have to say mm, because it's something that we did miss. It is a coincidence and we did miss it. But I also just want to just for the listeners, go back for three seconds and talk about the last podcast that we had during the taping of our podcast. We got the news of her autopsy and the results of her death, which we found out with strangulation and throttling. But they haven't yet identified any additional information. Well, they might have, but they didn't clue us into that. For example, whether or not she was under the ground or above the ground, if there was any DNA evidence on her body. So we don't have any of that information just yet, but we have been clued into the cause of death. We already knew it was homicide, but we didn't have that additional information. So I just wanted to use that as a springboard to move forward with the Gabby Petito case and new information that we have. And later on in the episode, we are going to actually have on a private detective who is going to answer so many questions that I think will help us decipher some of the things that we are so, you know, lost on as just individuals trying to decipher the case, like all of the other sleuths out there wanting to understand what Brian is doing. Like something that I was thinking about, I was watching the 60 Minutes Australia that um, Gabby's parents and stepfather did was do innocent people run ever. And I think we heard innocent people don't run. Right. It's interesting because I, I don't want to parlay this away from this case because we have so much to talk about. And I know with our private investigator, Jeff McGrath, we will go in depth into detail. But this is also tying into Robert Durst, who's now back in the media because innocent people don't run is a very interesting concept because we both know that he ran. 
and was claiming his innocence. But of course, he has now been convicted of murder of his best friend, Susan Berman, and life in jail without parole. However, he's now on a ventilator in the hospital with COVID-19. I want to just tell you right now, I'm holding my tongue. And <laughs> Dimitri, <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> Listen, I mean, here you're here. This is That's what this is for. Don't hold I, your tongue. I mean, you know, I just, I have so many thoughts about it. Am I allowed to completely derail from Gabby Petito at the moment and swing over to Robert Durst or... Well, I mean, I think first off, he wasn't wearing his mask correctly in court. Well, he kept taking it off and putting it back on, apparently. And I think it's probably because he was having trouble breathing. And I think a lot of the people closest to him have been taking COVID tests, making sure that they're negative and canceled their personal travel plans as well, from what I've read on the news. Did I just say news? News? On the news. Wow, am I a 1940s detective? Um, but it, the it's trench really, coat, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I'm honestly, I am, I am boiling in here. This was a poor choice. I just want to let everyone know that I, I did make a mistake this morning. I mean, can you not to stop and derail here? But can you just take it off? That's not like a dicky underneath, right? Like that's a full Dimitri, shirt, Did you so. just ask me to take my trench coat off? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Oh no! Now, now we're getting all kinds. Well, of, now we're HR, new- HR. I okay. just meant if it meant you would be more comfortable. Oh my god, this is getting worse. Dimitri, okay, go I'm ahead. <laughs> this will come back to haunt. Is there all a producer here? Can we cut this out? Oh wait, that's no, it. keep it in. It's hilarious. But also, okay. Also, I I think it's important for me to make note of the fact that there is a lot of comedy in tragedy and there's a time and a place for comedy. I'm a comedian and we all know that. And so sometimes the way that I deal with uncomfortable information is to make jokes about it, but there's nothing funny about murder. And I don't think that it works for me to make jokes about that. And I'm a human being um, and I feel for all the people that have passed, but I'd like to just make a note of the fact that, the the things and elements surrounding cases, I like to add moments of levity for my heart and my brain because that's how I process pain and trauma. And if you ever watch my stand-up, you will also see that it's basically me just punching down on myself. <laughs> so I just I just make fun of myself mercilessly. And oh boy, if you've ever dated me, I'm so sorry. But... <laughs> That's a warning to all the men out there. Now, I'd like to go back into quickly talking about Robert Durst again. So you also don't want to date him because he well, also I mean, he, he did murder <laughs> he his ex-wife. He's a millionaire. I know. Well, allegedly. He he has not been convicted of murdering his ex-wife yet she is missing and she has never been found he was convicted recently of murdering susan berman his best friend and allegedly because she was going to meet with the press over details of that she may or may not have known what happened to his ex-wife and then she mysteriously went um no she didn't go missing she was just flat out murdered and she was she was shot execution style in the back of the head and there were no signs of forced entry, which means that it was a friend or someone she knew that she welcomed into her home. And then she was shot execution style in the back of the head. And so, Teddy, I know you watched Jinx. Of course. And, I, and what they are implying on the show 
on the documentary was she was ha- also have Susan Berman was also having money trouble and it wasn't something that was be above her to potentially or allegedly blackmail someone by saying, if you don't pay me, I am going to come forward with this information. So in the documentary, they had said that could potentially had been the cause of why this ended up happening. It's also interesting because Robert gave her, I think, over $100,000, especially close to the last few months of her life. And I know that he was going to visit her for the holidays, which she apparently was super excited about. And the... The documentary gave me chills for a number of reasons. Obviously, for anyone who's watched all the way to the end, uh, no spoilers, but to spoil, he says, I killed them all when his mic is still hot and he's in the bathroom. Also, listening to the man nearly vomit and pee and talk about his burping while he's realizing he got got from his handwriting and the block letters and the misspelling of the word Beverly on the letters. I mean... It was a little much for me, to be honest. I was it, like, we're too close and personal with this man. Couldn't they have edited out the farting and the burping? No. I, and it, also, I mean, for, for anyone that doesn't know what, when the mic's hot, the mic, the mic hot doesn't mean it's like warm on you. The mic hot means. <laughs> the mic doesn't mean it's wearing a little trench coat. Yeah. No, like my, my, I, ha- I didn't know well. about the mic hot until I personally was on a, a reality television show. And like, I thought if there wasn't a camera, like, facing me at the moment that I was I was done I was like in the in the clear no if there is a mic pack on you you are anything you say can and will be held against you and it's what's so ironic is that the comedy club that I created on clubhouse is called hot on the mic (laughs) and it's twofold it's a double entendre because everyone who does comedy there is sexy okay but then also (laughs) Dimitri Dimitri hates me he can't he can't even look at me and then the other reason is because comedians there are doing crowd work left and right and you're just going there's no way to just turn your mic off and stop talking anything that you say could be recorded at any time and usually everything is hilarious so you know i think that it's really interesting obviously what robert Durst says is not hilarious but i think it's interesting that there was some foreshadowing before that final moment where he's they take a break during the interview do you remember this teddy they take a break and he starts talking and and saying out loud to himself when he thinks that the mic is off because he's not he doesn't realize that you actually have to turn the mic pack off manually basically and he just starts talking to himself he's like intentionally did i intentionally lie no no one you didn't intentionally lie you could leave things out and his lawyer comes over to him and is like your mic is hot We, we just heard everything you said Oh, yeah, because he you you know, you can tell that he's actually trying to prep himself on what he's going to say in the next interview piece. Like you do that in any interview. If you're like about to join an interview, the problem is his mic was on. He's being recorded and he's doing it about murder. The thing is that it's very clear he's hyper intelligent. He's an extremely smart man. Obviously, he has gotten away allegedly with multiple murders until recently and I mean, uh, oh God. he has very and again. Also, I mean, if you've got an endless pot of money, throw some money at the problem, make it go away. He had 
you know, $150,000 worth of um, fees that he sent toward lawyers originally to get the two best lawyers on the case to help him get out of the Morris Black murder. I mean, I think it was more than I was it 150,000 or well, 250 was his bail. And then but also he won because his current was either fiance or wife. I'm not I can't. And I actually love her. She (laughs) can I just say that she is your sassy New Yorker. She frightened me. Great. I I was like, is that me in 20 years from now? Well, now you are not married to a serial killer, but (laughs) she she was just so straightforward. Well, she was you can tell she's very concerned about the money. She's very concerned. (laughs) She is really revved. She's upset that he wasn't a part of the business. She doesn't even care about the murder situation. She's like, anyways, I'm upset that you weren't a part of the business, that your brothers pushed you out. Like she's like, this is why we need the top lawyers, because we need your hand more in the money. Well, she also she also told him that she would divorce him if he didn't get rid of his first lawyer because the first lawyer wanted him to plead insanity. And if you pled insanity, then they would get uh, in control of all of the money and that she wouldn't get any of the money. Yeah, she she had a bit, you know, she saw dollar signs all of the time. And Look, all I'm saying is smart woman. But <laughs> he had very not sure that's patience. the lesson here, but go I don't, on. Oh, oh, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> how, how to how to you could write a book, how to marry a serial killer, oh, but yeah. a, an alleged serial killer. But alleged. I his patience <laughs> level is not high because even when he was talking about his first wife, Kathy, and he was talking about her mother and he was talking, I mean, granted, we all have mother-in-laws. They can be a little bit tricky, but he was like, was talking about how Kathy would get bummed or the mom would get bummed because he couldn't talk to her. And he was like, she would read these magazines and then he would start blinking away. And then he'd be like, and I don't care. You know, I couldn't be bothered. I don't want to talk about her magazines. And you're just sitting there and you're like, you couldn't give her two minutes. You couldn't give two minutes of time. It's interesting because I think that the documentary at first kind of humanizes him a little bit. And you can see the way, in my opinion, the interviewer starts to build this rapport with him, which by the end of the uh, series, you can see that he also is kind of bummed that he finally realizes that he is a murderer. And I, I think he truly wanted to believe that it wasn't so and that he was kind of painted um, incorrectly. But I, I, it's really hard. Every time I listen to any of the conversations he has, it's really hard to see a serial killer as someone who ends every conversation with the words, bye-bye. And I don't know how that's possible to make him look innocent or nice or kind, but... The way that he carries himself and the way that he uh, made an entire jury laugh during his trial against the murder of Morris Black lets you know that it probably was difficult for him to be nailed down as a murderer because there's something about him that is so charming and is probably the reason why he survived this long without getting taken down. But I think also something I want to ask um, I want to ask Jeff about is his mother's suicide and what that Mm -hmm. plays into 
what you turn into? Like, was, are you born this way? Or is this something that after seeing such a traumatic event that it, you become? (sighs) Teddy, another great point you brought up. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're so good with these details. Okay. So Something that I found interesting was that him and Susan Berman bonded immediately because they both had parents die at an early age. And Susan's dad was in the mob. Right. And, you know, she was a self-proclaimed mafia princess. And so, you know, they actually originally thought that her death was by mob because the execution style hit is very mafia-like. Right. Um, Until, you know, they realized it was Robert. But... I think that in this case, the fact that both of them had parents die from an early age and that Robert witnessed his mother's suicide, there's an impact that it has on young children where it creates personality disorders. Right. And whether it's borderline personality, narcissist, uh, narcissistic personality, psychopathy, sociopath tendencies there are different ways in which this starts to manifest in young children and so a lot of uh, it's almost as if uh when you when you read about narcissism that children who have narcissistic traits are usually because they were either ill-parented as children or had a lack of a parent growing up and it's yeah. childhood abuse, essentially, also, and, and blocking out certain memories. But also, not only did she commit suicide, he also had to live a lie because it came forward. Like, they announced it as that she fell. Yeah. So he's now covering up as a child. Not only are you forced to live that you saw your mother commit suicide, you now are living a lie for your, pa- for your entire family that that's not what happened. And historically, the sickness is in the secrets. Yeah. And I think it feels like he spent his entire lifetime just not trying to get justice for it in a way, because I think that for him, he felt probably so slighted and was probably never felt seen or heard and was denied the experience of grief and trauma And so, I mean, not denied the experience of trauma, just denied the experience of grief. And so I don't know if he lacked empathy growing up because he didn't know how to grieve or wasn't allowed to grieve. I mean, also, God, sorry, I'm a ramble city today. But I also remember hearing in the documentary about how he went to his mother's funeral and he didn't quite understand what was happening. And they said, you know, mommy's always going to be with you. And he goes, wait, mommy's in the box. Why is mommy going in the ground? And tried to stop the guy from lowering the casket into the ground. That's so traumatic. And especially if they never got him any help afterwards and Mm -hmm. anyone to talk to or, and, and I don't know what the situation, how it was different for his siblings, because in the documentary, they don't say anything. If like the, the dad brought any of the other siblings out to watch that, or if it was only him. I also think it kind of robs you of a childhood in a way. Of course, this is my personal opinion, but when you were forced to be a secret keeper, AKA an adult 
from an early age and you're allowed to speak your truth or seek your truth, I think that there's a, a, um, a disconnect in your brain. And, and I think that he missed out on his, I think it, it stunts your growth emotionally. And so you kind of are just living as an adult, but in the emotional brain of a child, essentially. And, and something that ties these two cases together, actually, the Robert Durst and the Gabby Petito case is also um, the domestic abuse, mm. because in both cases and, and Robert Durst kind of kept dismissing it, actually, he kept saying, you know, it wasn't it was it wasn't like I I hit her. I was just like shoving and slapping like that's no big like he just kept saying it is like, oh, well, no, that wasn't a big fight. That was just a shoving and slapping fight. Yeah. So, so what she fell to the floor. It's like, what? Oh, yeah. Like it was this. And, and, and when you watched Gabby talk about it, she was like, well, no, it wasn't, he didn't really hit me. He just, you know, pinched my face or, you know, whatever it was, but it's, it's always when it's, it's just, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it, that's when, you know, there's Making real... excuses for it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, God, it's like there are 1000 details I want to go into. And there's also something to be said about the fact that, again, both Brian and Robert ran. The only difference is that Robert was hiding in plain sight and he was dressing as a woman in disguise in Galveston, Texas, before he uh, allegedly, well, before there was self-defense and um, along with the killing of Morris Black, or so it was ruled, but I think they're looking into that again because he then uh, eviscerated his body and put them in bags and threw them in a body of water. So I think that's something that they're revisiting. Well, and which brings me to the next question. When when I was doing all this research for today, something that kept coming up when I was researching serial killers was if somebody has killed multiple people, but they do it in order to protect their freedom are they considered serial killers versus somebody that kills because they get off on killing yeah i think they're both serial killers (laughs) it's just a different theme as to why they're doing it but if you're killing multiple people just you know just getting rid of them whenever you feel like it i think you have to fall onto that thing under that category my question is do you think robert durst killed because he was a stone cold killer or allegedly, or do you think that he killed because he just wanted to protect his from getting put in jail? Like when I think about Brian Laundry, I think he had rage always. Well, it seems like Brian and Robert had that in common. And if Kathy, whose body has never been found to this day. So if her disappearance was actually a murder. Right. And perhaps it was something similar to the Gabby Brian situation where it was a passion of crime, a strangulation. And then, you know, maybe he freaked out, buried her, whatever he did to the body. It's never been found. And then the fact that Susan Berman so just randomly was murdered when she was about to speak to the police and cooperate with authorities. It, it doesn't seem like he's killing because um, that, that to me just shows 
that he is refusing to, to admit take accountability. That he's a murderer. Yeah, he's yeah. refusing to take accountability. Also, I just want to let everyone know, not only do I not have a sociology or psychology degree, but these are just my thoughts and opinions, and I'm probably wrong. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> on on half of the things I'm saying, just to be clear. I think legally you didn't have to throw in that you're probably wrong. Well, I think the, all the allegedly is nice. It's a nice touch. But yeah, We're just trying to sound smart here. Is it working, Dimitri? I think, fact, I think Dimitri. all of this is obviously speculation, and you know we're all doing our best to figure out what it is that makes people tick. And, and something that I think that we, that I want to dig into, especially once we get him on is why everybody has been so closed. Why, why the FBI has been so closed, you know, everything's been so kept quiet, especially when Gabby's body was found one day after a YouTuber showed where the van was. The van was shown on a Saturday and Gabby's body was found on a Sunday the day after. And so was the question, why are they not filling us in and more of the details? Yeah, if we could help. Not we, not me, but if if people could help. Listen, the more he's gone and hiding, he's not going to come out and be like, oh, I was just camping. What happened? Fill me in. Like, obviously, we all have our own opinions. I don't think there's many people out there that that think... He's not responsible for this. And we don't know whether he is or not. But I think everybody feels that way. And so the longer he's gone, the more it just points to that. So it's like, where does this end? To your point, Leah. Also, I thought it was interesting that they said strangulation by human. They made note of that. And I was like, what are the other strangulation by snake? By I think alien, a snake by... is the only... It was just such an... By the way, according to Demi Lovato, you can't say alien anymore. Oh, you're right. Demi's going to cancel me. I know it's very offensive to the extraterrestrials. Is that word offensive? You can say that. It should be because it's extra. You're not even calling them. Now you're saying extra like they're not needed. It's dismissive. I'm also extra. I just call If you guys could refer to me as extra Leah, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, do we want to dig in a little bit? Speaking of whatever Brian's eating about the peanut butter sandwiches at all. Yeah. <laughs> Did you yeah. say, yeah. Do, were you like Jif? Okay. So according to the United States yeah. Department of <laughs> Justice, Jonathan Toby from Annapolis, Maryland was allegedly willing to sell sensitive details about our nuclear powered submarines of foreign government and hid that info and half of a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. The department of justice said that Toby was a department of the Navy employee who had been assigned to the Naval nuclear propulsion. I don't even know how to say this word. That's just you're, how you're doing great propulsion program. His oh. work as a nuclear engine engineer <laughs> allowed him to receive top secret security clearance through the U S department of defense, as well as Q clearance from the U S department of energy energy, which gave him access to secret restricted data. Okay. But here's the part that really hits me. He doesn't (laughs) even really do his research enough to know that he is sneaking it to the proper people and is giving it to the actual FBI. I, I mean, in my opinion, I'm looking forward to seeing the transcript of their messages to each other because 
for me, there has to be something in there of him being like, hey, just curious, do you have a peanut allergy? <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just so curious to know. That's how you know Jonathan isn't a little bitch because he can eat peanuts. But <laughs> Jonathan was obviously born before 1990 because Jonathan <laughs> isn't allergic to peanuts. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also wondering what kind. Was it the crunchy? Was it creamy? Uh, I mean, but it also, sounds like a, it sounds like a children's book. The fact that he was sneaking it out on peanut butter sandwiches, like well, it's that's like Encyclopedia Brown or Ivy and Bean or pick your. Yeah. As someone who was a vegetarian from the age of 12 to 20 and only had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches of all of high school every single day, I will tell you, I did think I was better than everyone. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I told everybody tense? I was a vegetarian when I was a kid. And then my mom never felt the need to tell me that hot dogs were, I mean, I guess they're not really meat either, <laughs> but I would still eat hot dogs. And she was like, at some point she's going to realize that this that is so <laughs> hilarious. She's not a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, wow. All um, right. So, well, just really quickly, because I do love the idea of the PB and, and J- the peanut butter sandwich conversation the fact that they went to West Virginia, uh, first, let me just say, there are so few Jews in West Virginia that in order to have a minion, which is 10 or more Jewish men in case of a funeral, they have to import them from other places. There are so few Jews in West Virginia, so I'll never go there. But <laughs> why do you know that? Because I went to school in Virginia. Oh, and you were like, don't cross the border. There's and no I was Jews like, never go to the never yeah. go to the West one. It's very scary. OK, but. And that's how I know that I would never be involved in any sort of FBI situation, because if they go to West Virginia, it's just not worth it to me. Um, I, I also thought it was interesting. They were paying him crypto. They were paying him in Monero. I know. Which, but- for anyone who doesn't know, is cryptocurrency. Well, yes, between Dimitri, that and Dogecoin, all the things. <laughs> Guys, I think we're going to have to take a little break because... Well, we've got to bring wait, in Jeff. Wait. No, we do have to take a break. And when we come oh. back, we'll bring Jeff, the PI, and we'll get some real details for y'all, not just our opinions. We just cucked Dimitri so hard. No, that's exactly what I wanted. I was going to say, Jeff is in the waiting room. Let's take a break. You just saw me raise our, my okay, hand and you Dimitri, were like, oh, we okay. have him so under our thumb, he has to raise his hand. But Teddy's <laughs> right. Let's go to a break. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Real Time Crime. We have with us now someone I'm very excited to introduce, Jeff McGrath, who is a private investigator. We're going to speak with Jeff a little bit about some Gabby Petito updates, Robert Durst, peanut butter sandwich spies, and get his take on all of this. He is a DUI expert. He is super successful in accident investigation reconstruction scenes. And Jeff is the retired police officer, motorcycle traffic, DUI officer, and drug recognition expert. Jeff, thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. Oh, you guys, so you guys make me happy. <laughs> well, okay. Wow, Jeff. It's a break in my day, and I love it. So you're ready for us to grill you? I mean... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> can't be any, you can't be any worse than any attorney that's hit me. Nothing could be hotter than how I feel in this trench coat right now. <laughs> so, okay, let's just start with something easy. Where's Brian Laundrie? <laughs> he, he's, he's not in the continental United States that I'm pretty much sure of. And how do we know that, Jeff? Well, we don't know that for certain, but, uh, you know, the, the suspicion behind the camping trip with his parents, I think that was just to plan his getaway. How much money does it actually take to disappear? Uh, I could do it for 20 bucks. Really? Or less. Yeah. Yeah. If you 20 if bucks willing, out of the country, if you're willing to live off the grid and you can find some fishermen that say, you know, Hey, can you just get me a hundred miles out to sea? You can find somewhere, especially if you're in Florida, there's a lot of areas that you could go where you leave the continental U S in just a short time. And Jeff, and if, if people... I find a Groupon for $10, will you match that price? Yes, absolutely. Okay, thank you. Where are you <laughs> going, Leah? use Groupon? <laughs> yeah, don't you use Groupon <laughs> for your murder getaway? <laughs> right, 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 right. And if somebody already knows who you are and what you look like and all those things, how do you get a burner phone? Oh, anybody can get a burner phone. You can go pop into a Circle K and get a burner phone. You, you can use an alias name. Um, you, you can have a prepaid debit card that doesn't track you um, in advance, and and you could you could take care of that. You could have a burner phone, no issues. I deal with a lot of people with burner phones, and some of them I've found three or four of them. Wow! How do you find people if they have burner phones? Um, typically, I don't find them through the phone because any any reverse phone search doesn't turn up results. 
Uh, that's how I know it's a burner. But then I look for um, activities and, and things that people usually are creatures of habit, even though they try to break that, they will start to falter back towards something. Uh, and eventually you can catch them. And what would you say the reasoning behind Brian's parents not speaking to Gabby's parents at all would be? Mm. Um, I don't think they have any desire in speaking to them. They haven't shown any concern that, that Brian's even missing. Uh, and I don't think they want to fully cooperate because they can be charged. So in your opinion, you don't think it could potentially be because the FBI has told them it's better for them to stay quiet? No, I guarantee you an attorney that they have has told them it's better to stay quiet. The FBI wants them to talk. Well, Jeff, so some people reported that they saw him on the Appalachian Trail. Do you think that there's any chance that he's there? And if not, do you think that there are a lot of people on the Appalachian Trail who have committed crimes that are hiding? Oh, probably. Have you ever been to the Appalachian Trail? No, no. but for this reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a it's a long trail, but um, oh, I guarantee you, there's some people there with <laughs> that have committed some crimes. Absolutely. Um, you you don't know who your neighbor is sometimes. So yeah, you run into somebody who's living off the grid uh, in the Appalachians. That would make me kind of wonder. I've taken my kids camping just out here in the desert and seen some really shady stuff. So. I can imagine what the Appalachian Trail is. If he was on the Appalachian Trail, which I know you don't think that he is, how long could you live off the grid without anything? Depends on his background. If he has any survival training, uh, you know, somebody with that type of training, wilderness survival, they could survive years out there. Uh, if they know how to get their own food and, and shelter uh, and water, they, they could be fine. But uh, I don't think he has that training that, uh, you know, you would expect to see somebody living off the grid as a mountain man. I used to once date a guy who lived off the land and eviscerated animals so that he could feed himself and made his own clothing. And now I'm starting to wonder if I should call the FBI. You should probably let me know who he is so I can look through back. <laughs> he always said that if the apocalypse happened, I should go back to his house. But I feel like he's the last person I'd want to be around during an apocalypse. I think yeah, that's a that's... standard pickup line. Thank you. Andrew. <laughs> uh, that, is that on his like <laughs> Tinder app? I can't. <laughs> it's his profile. That's his, that's his tag. I cannot with that. Um, okay. Speaking of the media stuff, cause you brought up that he's all over the media. Do you think for somebody like him with his personality type, do you think this is like feeding his ego? Do you think he's sitting around watching it? Do you think that, or do you think he's completely away I, from it all? I think he's a, a sociopath is what I think. I think he's a, he's a, an abuser. Um, and I don't think he really thinks twice about it. Uh, he may be very egocentric and self-centered and it may be feeding his ego. I don't see that in, in what I've heard of him, but it wouldn't be uncommon for a sociopath to have those tendencies. Can I ask a quick question back to his parents? Well, uh, this is, this is where the, I, sorry, I didn't, I didn't wait for <laughs> yeah, please Leah, ask Teddy, may I ask a question? <laughs> you may sure. ask a question. Thank you so much. What I don't get in terms of his parents is, Okay, so if there's if they're smart enough that they're covering all this up, right? But then then they're not smart enough to play along and make it seem like they really don't know. Like you do they not trust their acting skills? Would you not talk to Gabby's family? Like and if that's the case, if they're not good enough to act that way, then why haven't the police or the FBI gotten something from them while questioning them? It's called lawyer up. 
Um, and, and any cop will tell you that as soon as someone mentions attorney, you can no longer question them. Uh, it, it's just, it's a, that's their rights. Uh, it would be, I tell every one of my clients, shut up, don't talk to anybody. Every one of them, because you will ultimately incriminate yourself. Uh, so that's what Leah yeah. and Teddy say to me, by the way, shut up, don't <laughs> no, talk to anybody. You know, any, any I say time- shush up. I'm a mother. <laughs> Yeah, and every oh, yeah. time every time my parents ask me why I don't have children yet, I'll just say, you'll have to speak to my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. Yeah. But okay, so sorry. Jeff, we, we obviously have 10 million more questions, by the way. No, I know. I, I, I can't I, lead, I have so many because also I watched the 60 minutes thing last night. I, I told them earlier, and I was listening to Gabby's mother, and she was saying when the cops arrested, not that not arrested them, when the cops pulled them over for the the slapping and they were when they were In Moab. Yeah. And when that happened, Gabby's mom was saying that she saw her daughter, and obviously it was a cry for help. You could see in her daughter's face. However, the cops that arrested them did not see that. Yeah, and they didn't arrest them. They just they, separated them. They just separated them. What yes. did you see in that moment? Well, in 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 my state, as a police officer, uh, as a as a police officer, your hands are tied. If you see marks and there's admission of of physical contact, and you have witnesses that that are not a part of the party saying that they saw the same thing, <clears throat> they both go to jail. That's in my state. You both go to jail. She said, and I think this is either out of fear or protecting him. She said, no, no, no. I hit him first. Mm. That would automatically put her in handcuffs as well. But the officer said, I see a mark on your face. And these people saw him punch you. So he would also go in handcuffs until they see a judge and and they can be released. Um, Why that didn't happen there? I don't know what their laws uh, in, in Utah are surrounding domestic violence, but uh, in, in Arizona, both parties go to jail in that situation. And I think she was either protecting him because she was either in love and, and, and going, oh, he didn't mean it, or she was scared because the retaliation will result in what it did. And do you think this interview that the parents did can help an investigation or hurt it? I think an interview in general can do both. Um, it depends. If the attorney is there and he's in guiding the questions and they're very careful as to what they say, it can help the investigation. But uh, there's times where they're going to be, there's there's information they just do not want to release because it, it could it could hinder. Um, it, it will could hinder them, but the police uh, themselves would take it into a different investigation. So I've got another question for you. Okay. What is the first, if we could just back up a little, what is the first step you take when you're looking for a missing person? Do you ever see patterns? We look for patterns. The very first thing we do is we look for where did they go missing? Where was the last place they were seen? Who was the last person to talk to them? Mm -hmm. Then we start working backwards from there. Okay. Who talked to them before that? What did they do? Did you see any indications leading up to this? Then we look at bank accounts, um, credit card transactions, um, th- there's, there's all kinds of avenues we go that I would call first. It's, it's like, a. as soon as you get a missing persons case, the, the first thing you do is about a thousand things. So it, it's, it's hard to say the very first thing you do you, and you want to analyze their patterns. What did they do before? And did it change recently? Uh, like I said, people are always creatures of habit. Uh, you have to work hard at not changing 
or had change in your routine. So yeah, we'd look for those things. And so when people, when you guys are getting tipped off, when people are sending in tips, how do you know which ones to take seriously? Well, that's a really difficult thing. You take every tip that comes in seriously, every one. And, and with the case I'm working right now, we've received everything from, uh, we know who's holding them, his uh, legs are broken, being held in a basement. Um, you know, and we have to take it all seriously. Sometimes people just are sick and twisted and they just want to, they want to speak and, and put their two cents in. Um, sometimes people want to do it anonymously. I get a lot of burner phones that are sending texts that just are absolutely horrific and the father's reading them. Uh, but you, you, you vet each and every tip that comes in by who's given the tip, where was it seen, when was it seen or reported. And then you do have to do some investigation on, on those tips. So I could say, you know, out of 10 tips, I'm probably going to be doing some legwork on eight of them. And do you think that YouTube and TikTok and all of these, you know, trending things that have been happening around all of these high profile cases, do you think that it's helpful or hurtful? I think it's hurtful. I think it's very hurtful. You get all these amateur investigators that want to poke into it and, 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 and they start calling the investigator saying, oh, I found this and hey, I found that. And oh, I talked to this person. This is something I'm dealing with right now. And I'm going, you know what? These are persons of interest for me. I, there's a reason we have not interviewed them yet. It's strategic. And now you jump in and start talking because you want to be an investigator. You're hurting my case. Um, the only thing with publicity on that that helps is uh, getting the face out there. So if anybody's seen the person and, and basically some background information, that's what helps. The actual independent amateur investigators that uh, there's thousands out there and psychics, I should say, uh, they don't help. They don't help at all. As a matter of fact, they slow what, you. What about the case of the fact that the YouTube video that was released from Red, White and Bethune, the van life couple family, the fact that that led them to find Gabby's body pretty directly. Would you say that there are some times when it's helpful and most of the time it's hurtful? Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't make the blanket statement that that every time some some YouTuber or, or TikTok says something that it hurts. I can't I can't say that. I can say a lot of times it does because they're 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 putting out false information or information they don't they just don't know. Uh, and if they don't know the whole story, they're going to fill in the blanks with their with, with their own ideas. Also, this is a question I've always wanted to know the answer to, and it doesn't, it's not quite relevant to this case, but why do so many people come forward saying that they murdered the person in question if they are not actually the murderer? Wow. I'll never understand that. I, I don't have a psychology degree and I, I don't look. Me neither. <laughs> uh, yeah. And people do that. It, it, it will blow your mind how many times people want to come forward and take, take the, um, doesn't make any sense. Take the blame. I, it doesn't make sense to me either. It really doesn't. And we have to work around that. And that's why we withhold information. Like in, in the situation where Gabby was strangled, uh, that didn't come out till later because they wanted to confirm. That tells me there's other injuries to her. So it was probably a, a pretty bloody scene. Uh, plus, she wasn't found till about three weeks after her death. So there's decomposi decomposition there. But um, as far as withholding like how somebody died or what instrument was used mm. because when all these people say hey i did it i did it last tuesday at, at 2 p.m okay well what did you use to do this we'll get them into an interrogation and 
And if they can't identify the proper weapon, you know, they were bludgeoned with the trophy found on a shelf. Uh, we're not going to release that information. We're going to say that it was blunt force trauma that killed him. Well, speaking of confessions, can we also kind of bring up Robert Durst a little me. bit here? Oh, all right. <laughs> wait, wait, um, wait, Teddy, one, can I ask one final question about Gabby Petito? Because I'm, I'm just dying to know your take on this, Jeff. I'm sorry. Just real fast. Oh, please. So we know the cause of death now was homicide, and the autopsy said that it was by strangulation. And obviously, signs are pointing to Brian Laundrie, and we're mm. waiting to hear about if there are any DNA samples. But... I'm very curious your thoughts about that, but I'm more so curious to know why you think they said that Brian is not connected to the deaths of the two women who were also found murdered, but they won't tell us why they know that. Because there's patterns you look for. If somebody is killing people uh, in one area and they kill three people, you're going to see some common uh, common themes in there, some, some very common things. If it's strangulation by Gabby, and then one person uh, shot and then another person stabbed. Uh, it could be the same person, but you got to look for different commonalities in these in, in these things. And they're not seeing it. Uh, they're just not seeing it at all. And I, and I understand why uh, I think it's coincidental that this was close to, to in timing and to, together. But it's they're obviously seeing something that disconnects them. Doesn't connect. So this does tie into the Robert Durst case and the fact that do you think that serial killers often kill their subjects in the same way? No, I don't. Okay. As in the case of Robert Durst, uh, well, we don't know how his how his wife was killed because right, right. she hasn't been found. Uh, but you know, he, he in two thousand one when he shot somebody in self defense uh, and was acquitted of that, and then. The one he was convicted of where execution style shot her in the back of the head. Those are common things. And that's that's his go to. I mean, if you look at him, he's not a very uh, strong man. Uh, it takes it takes some some strength to to tussle with somebody, a man or a woman, and hold him down and strangle somebody that takes that takes some force and it takes some time. Um, shooting is quick. Stabbing is very personal. Um, strangulation is very personal. Shooting is just, I just, this is the easiest way. Um, so yeah. I was going to say, so do you think that's why they never found the head to Morris Black's body after it was dismembered because it would have shown evidence that he was also po possibly shot execution style? I do believe that. Yeah, there was wow. something I don't, and I think it's just, again, coincidental that they didn't find the head. He threw the, you know, chopped the body up through the sea, but, uh, the head could have been picked apart by sea life and, and they were able to get others. How do you go with self? How do you go with self-defense when your reaction after doing that was to chop them up, put them in bags and throw them in the water? You know, I was talking to one of my um, detective partners about this and I don't know. I that he had, a, he had to have an amazing attorney and a dumb jury. I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there because that is, it shows that there's, there's some problems with that man and and the self-defense thing starts to go away when you cut up bodies so i don't well, know how not really just don't. not just that but how when you've said on camera on tape there it is you're caught what the hell did i do how was that not enough to convict well that's a that helped in their prosecution 
but they just needed more. There was something they needed that was more. I'm not familiar with exactly what went down in the trial or what was presented as evidence. And, and you've got to remember, us as people, we get all this information fed to us um, through through social media, through news, through through podcasts, through everything. We get in, we get inundated with information and crimes. Now, the jury is not hearing all the information we hear. There is arguments from prosecution and defense attorneys constantly on what they're going to let in and what they won't let in. So the juries don't hear everything we're hearing or we're going, how did they not see what we see? It's because they didn't have all the the stuff put in front of them. Do you think that um, how often are the persons of interest involved in letters and confessions such as such as Robert Durst? How often? Yeah. Uh, like, you know how he has, is a part of writing the confessions and he. Yeah. yeah. Well, OJ did it too. Uh, so, right. you know, I mean, I, it's, it's, I think what I think again, not having a psychology degree, uh, but uh, what I think is, is, is people have something inside of them that they want to get this out. They want to get the information out. Now, if they're a uh, sociopath with those egocentric qualities, they're going to want to <laughs> brag about it. If they have some, uh, you know, empathy or, or remorse for what happened, they might do it because it's there. It, it's cleansing them. Uh, that that's the only way I can think of doing that. Some people some people want to taunt police too. You got to remember that that people will do things because it's a game. It's a cat and mouse game, and they want to stay ahead, but they want to tip them off, but not really. And um, that happened back in the um, the BTK killings where they, they was taunting the police with it. Um, information and letters and all that so yeah it's people do do it do you think they want to be caught do you think they want to push the limit to see how far they can go but that they ultimately do want to be caught or not caught i think they ultimately don't want to be caught but i think they want to push the limit they want to push the envelope they want the attention right it's exciting and they're getting attention yes an adrenaline rush absolutely and these people that are killing more than one person, typically they get some type of a rush off of them. Uh, that's the reason they're doing it. And I mean, this kind of ties into all three of the cases that we talked about today, because we also talked about the peanut butter sandwich spies. Do you think that TVs and TV and media and all of this helps criminals become better criminals? No, I don't, because um, I, I think TV and, and stuff, they got it wrong. You know, they... They, it's, it, you know, they're trying to entertain you. So if you were to follow a, a, just a, a case without the, a TV show, like, like what they're talking about, let's say Law and Order, for example, uh, if you were to actually yeah. see really how the case went down, you'd fall asleep halfway through because there's, it's really not that exciting. So they got to add stuff. So no, do I think it helps people be better criminals? I think it helps uh, law enforcement because they're going to do stupid things because they saw it on TV and it's going to get caught. Right. Or yeah. just me. I do stupid things because I saw it on TV. I do that too. <laughs> Wait, so Jeff, I, I know that Robert Durst broke his parole and went back to Galveston, Texas to the scene of the crime and that often people do go back to the scene of the crime. Why? That is, uh, that, that's something that's been done in uh, FBI, FBI profiling for many, many years. Uh, we as, as, as police officers, and when I was a police officer and detective, anytime there was a crime scene, what you want to do is you want to capture uh, on video or pictures of, of the crowd standing around because 
a lot of times your suspect is in that crowd. In the case I'm working right now, we have hundreds of volunteers coming out on weekends to search the desert. So, but we make them sign in through a, uh, through a website. So I have everybody's information, their vehicle, their, all that stuff. So I'm always going through it and I start running backgrounds on people. So it is really common, really, really common for people to return to the scene of the crime, the crime, the suspects. That's, but, that's but just why? been going on. Uh, it's, they want to see what they did. And sometimes they want to, they want to be involved in the investigation because they want to see where it's going, if they're going to get caught or to hide evidence that they need to, if someone's turned on to. And other than lawyers, what other resources are available to a serial killer or anybody that's involved in crime that has, has a lot of money versus somebody that doesn't? Uh, you, you mean like to get them off? Yes. Well, shoot money. <laughs> There's a lot of celebrities that have committed some crimes that um, we've never heard of because money has been able to get their way through it. I'm not saying the system is corrupt, I'm saying that some of the places can be bought. Uh, I haven't seen it in my jurisdiction, uh, but, but usually the better the attorney to fight against a defense lawyer or a public defender or something like that, the better the prosecutor I've seen both. I've seen defense attorneys that are that, that people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for and they go up against the prosecutor and they make the prosecutor look bad and they usually will win the case because of how they presented the case. So other than lawyers, it's just it could be just resources uh, to to help them get what they need, what the what that lawyer needs uh, to, to do things, because that lawyer is going to hire an investigator. And that investigator is going to go out and. It depends on if he's a, a, an investigator that wants to do good or wants to do bad. He can go out. He can screw up a crime scene. He can screw up the investigation. He can he can take police off of it um, or he can actually work through it and, and be positive. Ooh, a lot to think about. Jeff. It's a lot to and, think about. Thank you so much for no, joining us today. We, we you promise you'll come back with us. I promise I will. I want to. Pinky yes. swear. Okay. Let's do this. Okay, Let's Jeff. This. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll text you from my burner week. phone when we need you. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Okay, great. I'll, when I when I get that. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Jeff, we need you all the time. Never leave us. <laughs> no, please, please have me back. I'm I'm excited for this. We will. Right. And we know you'll return to the scene of the crime, Jeff. I always do. <laughs> always do. I'm always uh, one step ahead, though. Uh, <laughs> terrifying and amazing. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us today, Jeff. We love you Thank very you much. Guys. Thanks. Love you guys. Thank you for your insight. Thanks, Bye, Jeff. Jeff. Bye. Bye enjoyed it. We'll see you again. Bye. Thank you, Jeff. And I think it's time to go to break. Teddy, yes. Dimitri. Let's take a break, guys. A I think break. we could all use a break. We'll be, yeah, we'll be back in just a few moments. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. <laughs> Well, guys, that was so fun with Jeff. Please keep tuning in. Keep sending us any questions or theories that you have. Leah, okay. we need to start asking everybody what their thoughts are because you and I are going to go back and forth and we don't need Dimitri's opinion on where he thinks Kathy is. Yeah, Dimitri, I've been sending it in already. Dimitri, no one has asked you to speak, but if if you'd like to reach out to us on Instagram, also our Instagram is real time crime pod. And if you go to either me or Teddy's Instagrams, we both have it linked in our bios. Tell us what your theories are on where Brian Laundrie is. DM us. We will discuss this. Do you think Robert Durst committed all three murders? Where do you think Kathy Durst is? Teddy, do you have any bone chilling questions? Yeah. I mean, do you have a peanut allergy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How would you slip spy secrets? Would it be in a sneaker, in a gum wrapper? Would Would it be be, in a condom? I mean, here's the thing. I don't even know how to get something out of my computer to slip it to somebody. I need all of the tips, guys. (laughs) Send us all of the info. I would be the worst spy because I have this habit of forgetting where I put everything. I lose literally everything. I lost my dignity years ago. Haven't been able to find it since, but I did notice that. But either you. way, guys, send us all the information. <laughs> send us all of your thoughts, questions, any crimes you want us to investigate. Also, please send us your thoughts because if not, we'll never stop talking. DM so. us, DM us, DM us. <laughs> DM and us. also, if someone wants to come over to my apartment and find where I put that $3,000 cash, I will give it all to you. I just don't know where I put it. You're inviting people to your home on a crime podcast. Not a good idea. Okay. Let me, (laughs) let me go back in time. Um, if I could do one redo on the whole podcast, it would be no one come to my house. 
Um, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> talk to y'all soon. <laughs> At Real Time Crime Pod on Instagram. At Real Time Crime Pod, I've been Leah Lamar and Teddy Mellencamp and sometimes Dimitri. Barely. And sometimes Dimitri. When I'm allowed. Yeah. His first name actually is sometimes. And his last name, Dimitri. Sorry, it just felt like, all right, I hate myself. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> as, as Robert Durst would say, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, my oh, God. Great. We're quoting, quoting Robert Durst. It's real-time crime. It's real-time crime. It's real-time crime. I mean, is it actually real-time crime? Are we solving anything? Or is that just a thing we say? It's a thing we say. Got it. Okay. See you next week for more real-time crime, only on iHeartRadio. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.